listening to Sharp Scratch, episode 57, Intercalation. This is a podcast brought to you by the BMJ and sponsored by Medical Protection, where we bring together medical students, junior doctors and expert guests to discuss all the things that you need to know to be a good doctor, but the medical school might not teach you. I'm Nikki and I'm the editorial scholar here at the BMJ and I'm also a medical student at the University of Manchester. And I'm excited to be joined today by the lovely Anna. Anna, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi everyone, um, it's been a while since I've been on one of these so I'm really excited to be um, back with you today Nikki. Uh, yeah, I am, well I'm in a, kind of in a bit of limbo at the moment but um, I'm technically a doctor now though I haven't actually started working um, so that's, that's very exciting. Um, so yeah, so I'm really excited for today. Brill. And I'm also delighted to be joined today by our expert guest Professor Doug Caulfield. Doug, can you introduce yourself to us? Hi Nikki, yes, I'm delighted to be here. I'm, um, I'm from the University of Manchester Medical School. Um, up until a couple of years ago, I, w- I was programme director for the MBCHB. Um, I'm still involved in the medical programme, but uh, doing some different things. Some of what I do is um, directly involved in intercalation, so I'm very pleased to be here to, to talk about that. I'm really pleased that you could join us. Thank you, Doug. And excited to get some Manchester Med School representation on the podcast as well. Okay, so today's episode is all about intercalation. So I think first of all, Doug, for any listeners that are earlier on in their medical school career or even prospective medical school applicants, what actually is an intercalation? So the the typical intercalation is is when a, a, a medical student steps out of the, the medical programme for a year um, and undertakes a, um, an extra degree or the, or the one years of extra study is the typical thing, um, either to complete a BSc or, um, or depending on the stage of the programme, you step out a, a master's and, um, and even for some students, um, a longer period of, um, of interruption or, or, or study when you can study for a PhD. So you step out the medical programme, you, you study something different for a year uh, or more, and then you step back into the medical programme. Thank you. So I think the big kind of follow-up question to that is, why would anyone intercalate? I think there are a number of different reasons. I, I think it should really start, and, and where it does for most people, is in a real interest in, in this, the subject. Um, you can intercalate in, in a very wide range of areas. Some, some students will intercalate in, in a subject that's probably very close to what they've done in the first couple of years. So, so it might be one of the basic medical sciences, perhaps immunology or anatomy, or my own discipline, it might be in physiology. Um, and so we'll, we'll study that in more intensively than they'd study it um, and to a greater level of depth than, than the particular subjects being covered in the first couple of years. But a lot of students will also do master's level intercalation, which often has a, a more research-based element to it, will often relate to a more um, clinical, clinically orientated um, degree. People are really doing it, um, I think, first off, because of the interest in the subject and the opportunity to explore things in more detail. It, it's also studying at university in a slightly different way from, from, from um, the medical degree. The medical degree is inevitably focused on, on the um, the you know becoming a doctor and that that um, professional training, whereas the um, other subjects at university are often more about the academic subject and and developing um, skills in uh, intellectual skills in other areas. So Anna, you intercalated a couple of years ago, didn't you? Do you want to tell us a bit about your intercalation? Yeah, I did. Um, I absolutely loved my intercalation, and I think you know totally to echo what Doug was saying. You know. Um, 
the reason why I chose my subject to intercalate in was because of a real genuine interest um, in in what I was studying. But I did something that I guess <laughs> some people might find it a bit unusual. I actually spent a year in the history department at King's. Um, so actually totally transplanted myself away from medicine and, and did a, a BSc in history of medicine. But it was all um, third year history modules. So it was very, very different Um very different approach to learning I think um in the humanities as compared to medicine or all the basic sciences um I was really lucky actually because I, I I did history at A level and I knew that I wanted to continue like my interest in history throughout my medical degree so I did a couple of like student selected modules and I did one in my second year and I approached the um the academic who was running it and I said look we um I really want to do history of medicine as my intercalated degree. King's doesn't offer it at the moment. Do you know if there's any plans to, um, to, to start this degree? And she was like, do you know, it's funny you say that because I really, really want to have some medical students in the history department. Um, cause she was a historian of medicine. So, um, it wasn't specifically set up for me, but there was only me and three other people um, from the med school doing it. So I did feel very lucky. Um, and then after that year, I don't think there was that much interest in it. Um, but it was it was really cool. And I think I think I got I personally did get a lot out of intercalating because by the end of my second year at uni, I was a bit, I think, like disillusioned with medicine and I hadn't really seen any patients because King's was quite a traditional um, medical degree at the time. And yeah, I spent a long time sitting in lecture theatres and trying to absorb all this information that I couldn't quite see how it was like that relevant. Um, So it was really nice to like have that little gap and really just have some time, not just to study something different, but to reflect on my motivations for doing medicine in the first place. And it was actually that year that that was the first year that I sort of thought, no, I do actually want to be a doctor. Um, I really wanted to go back to medicine after the intercalated degree. So I think intercalating has a lot of benefits outside of, um, you know, having that opportunity to study something in a bit more depth. That's really interesting that you mentioned that because I hear a lot of people sort of describe one of the reasons they want to integrate as sort of taking that year out and that break from medicine. And I'm in a year where a lot of my friends are currently integrating and a lot of people have described that exact feeling that Anna, you just said that they are itching to get back on the wards and they can't wait to go back to studying Mm. medicine. And also that the style of learning has been so different, which has kind of thrown them, I guess, this year. Um, Doug, how do you think that benefits us from having... um, a completely different style of learning i think for some it's really important i i I think for the for some people it's just what they need to to as anna as you said to to refresh themselves but also i think for that 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 academic intellectual development you will be studying in different ways anna talking about her her humanities um studies is is in some senses almost as different as you could get from from a lot of what's happening in medicine but you'll uh, you're, you're i'm sure anna you would have been writing 
essays in a way that you'd never written them in in the first two years of your medical program. You'll be critically appraising things in a way that you'll have begun um, in your in student selected components and other aspects of the medical degree, but you'll be going into it at a greater level of depth. And I think for people who are undertaking um, more scientific um, uh, intercalations, they, they will be um, thinking about that aspect of medicine in a very different way. Um, and um, it's often in a sense you can become very entrenched at the, in the way you think after five years at medical school and then two years foundation and and having that greater depth of of intellectual development and training as, as a scientist is is really useful and I'm sure Anna you're, you'll also see your your humanities training feeding forward into your medical practice as well. 100% and I think that's one of the if I sort of pinpoint things that I've taken from that year and as you say I'm sure that this is the case for people who study more quote-unquote sciencey things than I did um was yeah that that ability to sort of look at multiple pieces of evidence and assimilate that into an argument and I do always think like there's a lot of parallels there with you know you take a history you do your examination you do some bloods you do some scans and and you use all those pieces of evidence to assimilate a diagnosis and the process is very very similar um and yeah I just it was I didn't expect to get that out of it as well which was quite interesting I just sort of in some ways I was like oh this year is going to be so much more chilled out than um, my first two years of medicine I'll have time to like have a proper part-time job which was really important um I managed to save out quite a lot of money because I was only only had like six contact hours a week as opposed to the medical course. Um, so that was a kind of a big benefit for, for me as well, was that you just had a little bit more time to, to do other things. And yeah, it was just a really interesting year. But I think I've actually done I've actually done some talks on intercalation before for people who are aspiring medical students. Um, so you know, like sick formers and I think people don't know about it that much like before they go to medical school so I often say like you do you you should have a look and and see if it's because obviously at some unis it's included you're expected to do an intercalated degree so Oxford Cambridge UCL I'm sure there's a few more um and then other places you know like King's it's optional but most people would do one I would say almost everyone I knew who wasn't a graduate so didn't already have a degree um intercalated so I, I do always say to people when I'm sort of mentoring them if they want to go to medical school like it is something that you should think about because it seems quite far away when you're applying for med school but it's actually only potentially like two or three years in your future yeah definitely I was that's something else I was going to pick up on next is to how it adds to and strengthens your CV and whether there is sort of like an evidence base for it actually furthering your career. So I think we can see that most of the I, I couldn't give you the numbers but you know sort of anecdotally that most of the people who hold clinical academic roles will have got necessarily a PhD at some point in their training but most of those will also have um, have undertaken uh, an intercalation. I think that when you look at the selection criteria for those posts if you're going to go on to um, an academic clinical fellowship, for example, um, at the beginning of specialty training, you know, ST1 or ST3, then um, 
part of the evidence you'll have to show in those applications is is an ability, success, enthusiasm in in the scientific aspects of things. And so therefore, if you've undertaken an intercalated degree, that would be part of the evidence that you'd have. So I think it's, it's part of building up your CV, but inevitably it's also those people who are interested will have done it because they were interested. So in some ways, I, th- I think you, you almost can't separate the two. So, um, uh, it, it's not the only route, route into um, academic clinical medicine, but it would certainly um, help you um, prepare your CV. I, I think also um, a lot of, of um, medical students will be considering a, um, um, a, an academic foundation post as opposed to the, should we say, the standard clinical foundation post. And, um, and then if you're going to do academic foundation, the application process allows you to draw, you know, it, it has, you know, what people refer to as the white space questions where you can, where you can write a, a you know, a, a narrative about yourself, about your experience and, and drawing on the experiences and the achievements that you've made during your intercalation will obviously help in, in academic foundation. Anna, I know that you applied for the AFP. Do you have any sort of like reflections on whether your intercalation helped you? Yeah, so I did write I did write about studying history and why I thought that was important and why I'd enjoyed it in one of my white space questions. I think there's been some controversy recently um, about the removal of the intercalated degrees from the point system that they use to allocate jobs. Yeah, for we'll come to that the later. Foundation program. Okay, sorry, I'm I'm pivoting no, you to the post, Nikki. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely um, spoke about my intercalated degree um, and the research that I'd done and the way that that research is different from the kind of usual sort of stuff that you might think of as research. So, like, obviously, I didn't do like a randomized control trial or a systematic <laughs> review or anything in history. I used a lot of primary sources and um, and things like that, and I think. It was a really interesting experience and to be honest with you I did it because I wanted to do it not because I thought it was gonna necessarily like further my career or um you know give me points for applications to be honest I I think I went into it I was quite naive I just sort of thought you know everyone else seems to be doing it and there's a course that I really want to do and that was the advice I got from people who were kind of in the years above me it was like if there's a course that you want to do do it but if there isn't anything that kind of piques your interest then it's probably not worth it and and I do know other people who did things a friend of mine did um craniofacial development or something and, and he didn't enjoy that very much um so and I think as well, you, you do get points allocated depending on how well you've done in those intercalated degrees. And it is quite difficult to do well in something, I would say, if you're not that interested in it and you don't enjoy it very much. Um, so I guess if like people listening are thinking about whether they want to intercalate or not, um, I would definitely say, you know, if there's something that you're really interested in, go for it. But I also wouldn't get necessarily too hung up on not having one if there's not something that you're really interested in because they're firstly it seems like they've taken away the points for the again like you know standard foundation application anyway um and also there's loads of other things that you could you know devote your time to that are going to be more enjoyable for you if there's not something that you're interested in um that will also get you points and and it's difficult, isn't it? Because you you don't want to. Obviously, it's it is super important to get those points. And I think we've we've spoken about this before on the podcast. You know, it's a certificate based economy um, at medical school. So I can see the appeal of of doing something because 
you would like the points, particularly if you're someone who needs to live in a certain area that's competitive and things like that. Um, but at the same time, it is, a, it is a whole year of your life. And I know that, you know, people have concerns about the financing of it. And there's definitely pros and cons. Um, but if it's something you're really passionate about and interested in, the, the pros will normally outweigh those cons, I guess. Yeah, let's segue perfectly into my next question because I was going to say that we've spoken so much about all of the pros and some of our listeners might be thinking, well, why wouldn't you integrate? Why would anyone choose not to do that? But why do some people not integrate? Why are, what are the cons? Maybe not so much cons as that I think um, a lot of students will feel that medicine is already a long enough course being five years. There's there's postgraduate training to, to be completed as well. And they simply want to push down, head, get their head down and get to the end of the um, the five years as, as quick as um, as possible. Um, and uh, and I think that's absolutely um, you know the right thing for for, for a lot of people. I, I think um, the, you say the cons, not so much the cons, but the things that you have to take into consideration um, is that extra year. And I think Anna, you've you've referred to it. I think for many people, it will be finance and and whether they can afford it. And and I think even even within those, I think if people go, you want to go in with your eyes open because what you'll find is most of these. Um, uh, intercalated degrees of you know the one year one year BSc or or the um, masters will have some modules that are taught and you'll very much know what you're getting in advance from those ta- taught modules what subject areas they're covering but then all will have some form of dissertation particularly the masters will will have some some lab work in them if if they're scientific masters and then i think it's really important to think about what's the nature of the project that you'd like to undertake because um, is it something that is very um should we say wet lab based do you like working mm. in that environment do you do you like um handling reagents and um and and in a sense, doing something that's quite abstract, you know, it's, 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 it's bench work and it remains quite abstract until you see the results in your hand. And that's often the time that people get really excited is when they get the results. And, and sometimes the things you have to do until you get the results can be a little bit mundane. But then others can have a, a, a practical side that people really enjoy that, that, that practical element. I think um, one of the downsides maybe one should think about is that the, um, the difference between the BSCs and the master's intercalations, the BSCs typically follow the, the, the undergraduate year. And so they'll run from September, October up until June and finish then. But the master's will run across the summer. They're effectively a complete calendar year um, because of the need to complete the, the research project or, or the dissertation. And so you do have to be very careful about being organised in your work, getting it finished. Effectively, most people on a master's um, intercalated are trying to finish their master's a little bit earlier than other people so that they can return to the main programme without, um, mm-hmm. without any overlap. Um, but but that's something people should talk to their their schools about if they're you know if if they're undertaking a master's the master's program and the medical school should be aware of that that potential overlap. Again, you you both may have have, uh, have friends who who've experienced that. And I think the other thing about masters doing a masters, if you do, as far as I'm aware, this is don't take this as gospel because I'm not student finance England, but um, the way it worked for me was that if I because I did, had no previous degree, 
if I took the year to do the BSc, that would be funded by Student Finance England, but a master's wouldn't be because that's a postgraduate degree. Um, so that was like a big consideration I had. Um, and I think obviously just talking about like the, the pros and cons of things, you know, a lot of people come into medicine already having had a degree or multiple degrees and, you know, people have loads of different experiences before they come to med school. You know, I went to med school straight from school. So it seemed like a good thing for me to do because it hadn't taken me that long. You know, I hadn't had a gap year or anything like that. So six years did still didn't really seem that long. Um, but, you know, if you've if you've already got a, a BSc or a, a BA and potentially a master's or even a PhD, then you can see that it might not fit in so well with, with your plans. So it is a really personal decision. And I think this is why, just sort of going back to, to what I was saying earlier, this is why I always advise people who are planning to apply to medical school to, to find out whether it's something that is expected to be done because you know if you if you've already had a degree and then worked in another industry for for 10 years you might not want to choose a medical school that that has that extra degree built in and that extra year built in um so I think it's important to be aware of like before you're applying as well as once you get into into med school um but yeah it's 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 super interesting I forgot to say this earlier but um I think one of the things that I got out of my integrated degree the most was that I didn't realise that research could be so many different things and I wasn't really interested in it. I never went into medical school thinking I'm interested in, you know, running big randomised control trials or doing wet lab work. Like, I I never found that particularly interesting. Um, But doing my integrated degree made me realise that research can be so many different things. And now my research interest um, and what I'll be doing my academic foundation post in is like qualitative research, basically, you know, between on the border of medicine and sociology, really. Um, So I think that it, yeah, that year really opened my eyes to the fact that it doesn't have to be well, obviously it can be if you want to be, um, you know, in a lab uh, doing cool practicals and or running big randomised control trials, but also research can be doing my favourite thing, which is talking to people. <laughs> and I'd say also more, more broadly, you know, medical careers have many different pathways and all of them, as you move up and become more senior, have required a different set of skills in addition to just medical practice. And, um, and that will include um, critical appraisal of information. It'll include report writing. It'll include working with, with teams um, uh, outside the clinical um, uh, arena. And, and I, I think that there are a lot of transferable skills that come from um, the intercalation, whether it's a, a science-based or a humanities-based one, that that are um, are are um, uh, are important in that that respect and can can help people. So I I think it is you know you should be thinking not just narrowly what would the science component of my intercalation mean for the future. I I think it does a, a you know, there's a lot of should we say personal development that comes out of it and and i think as well the academic foundation programs are are broadening um in in the way that the the different programs that they offer i, I know they're, they're now talking about them as some um, specialized foundation programs rather than academic mm. foundation and i and i think that that argues to the um the very broad range of uh, of skills that um that that doctors will will need in in broader um 
professional life. And, and I think that that's why intercalation offers a lot of those broader skills. We'll discuss a little bit more about applications and hoop jumping, but that'll be right after this. How much do you care about indemnity right now? Probably not a lot. You're still a few years away from really worrying about claims and complaints from patients. But being part of medical protection is about a lot more than just indemnity. We can be there if something goes wrong, but we're also here to help make sure things go right too. We're the only medical defence organisation that protects doctors all over the world. From London to Brisbane, Cork to Cape Town, 300,000 members benefit from our expert advice and support throughout their career. During your years at medical school, your membership is completely free. You'll get training resources that can help you become an even better doctor, plus a dedicated student team there for you when you need it most. And when it comes to your elective, you can trust in our international experience to protect you wherever you choose to go. It's no wonder that 90% of medical students in the UK choose to be part of medical protection. You can find out more at medicalprotection.org. Okay, back to the show. So one reason that we've mentioned that a lot of people might choose to do this extra degree is for the sort of points for applications further down the line in their career. Now, Anna's already mentioned this, and I'm sure a lot of you listening will already be aware, but the UKFPO changed their um, point system for the foundation programme from December. They announced it last year for the 2023 cohort, so the cohort that I'm going to be graduating in, which will mean that they no longer award those points for other degrees or publications. So, um, panel, I know this has been controversial, but I'm interested to know your opinions on this and how you think this might affect sort of future students' choice to intercalate. It's really difficult, isn't it? So I've done a lot of work with widening access and uh, I sit on a national working group for widening access and widening participation in medicine and I think this move was intended to be not a nod to that's the wrong term to use but sort of this was intended to be a widening participation move right because it, it acknowledges that people from you know lower socioeconomic backgrounds might not have the um you know the funding and finances to to do an additional year um they might not have the they might have to have a part-time job or have caring responsibilities that mean they can't spend all that unpaid time doing that work that you need to do to to publish a paper so I do appreciate that side of it but I think um I think where the communication difficulties have been is that it it's been brought in for a year that had already started studying for their intercalated degrees you know and and something that had gone into their informed decision was the fact that they would get those points. So, I mean, for those people, yeah, it must be really, really irritating that they've announced this kind of at this point. But I mean, ultimately, out of 100 points, it's 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 not that many. And your SJT is like 50 of those 100 points. So, yeah, I think it's really, it's really difficult and it's quite personal for people as well because I'm sure that a lot of people who sort of started their intercalated degree you know, this past academic year, they weren't doing it because like 100% because they wanted the points, but that does go into your decision making about it. So once that's taken away, you kind of feel like you've lost a bit of control of that decision that you made. And yeah, it's just, it's just really difficult, but I'd be interested to hear hear what you think, Doug. Well, I'm, I'm not in any way speaking for the foundation program so so um i i think that what you've described though is very much how how students felt about it yeah. and and i i think that 
medicine's a long program and people do make decisions quite early on and and mm. uh yes could they have given another year or two for for the implementation but i i, I think the the points you make should we say in you know from the foundation programs process is that they also said that that when they looked at their data um the additional points that people got or the you know, holding the intercalated degree didn't really um determine how people how successful people were within foundation program so so they could legitimately say um well why are we measuring why are we giving weight to something that doesn't predict how well people do in foundation and and i think that um although the the first response i think was you know within manchester was very much as as nationally students who were intercalating feeling or about to intercalate feeling it very um should we say um hard done by but but i i think there was a, a sort of a quieter voice that came a bit later which was a lot of other students then saying well actually i'm quite relieved that i don't have to have that pressure about thinking of doing an intercalation simply because of those extra points and and i think that um it's very hard to separate the two we i you know when we were talking earlier about what's the motivation for doing an intercalation well it it should be driven by that enthusiasm to do the subject but but inevitably people are totting up all of those points about the pros and cons yeah definitely i think you've both sort of hit the nail on the head there in terms of why the decision was made and then what why the reaction was was it what it was I guess I think I'm not sure about the numbers here but one of the things that the UKFPO said was that it used to be a much better way to differentiate candidates so it used to be that fewer candidates had this extra degree so it was about 30 percent again I'm not sure if these numbers are correct but off the top of my head whereas now it was something like 80 to 90 percent of people have another degree so those points are no longer a, a good way to differentiate between candidates which I think makes sense in terms of why a lot of people almost feel like it's expected or they have to do it and I think that's probably why they were trying to take the pressure away but then yeah I agree you're right about the timing in terms of when people were already part way through um, an intercalation or I think another cohort that were affected were the people who had gone into their sort of fourth year without having done an intercalation so they could either then compete with people who did have points or they could take a year out and then not get points for the degree that they were getting. So, yeah, I agree. I think, Doug, you said that they felt a bit hard done by, and I think that's probably a a good way to explain it. But you're right that there are still points further down the line, and hopefully the points weren't the only reason that people were sort of going for these intercalations. Okay, so let's imagine that someone listening in has decided that they perhaps quite like to intercalate. Let's talk a bit about the logistics. When should you be thinking about intercalating? Anna, I know you mentioned that you say to people who are even considering medicine to have thought about it, but when can you intercalate and when should you start to decide? So if if we, um, should we say, set aside the students who are joining a course in which the intercalation has been, um, you know, is is included, should we say, Mm -hmm. like the the six-year programmes, then um, most universities will say that you can intercalate it to BSc after... um, two years of study because that that then relates to doing that third year of study for for your BSc so so students might choose to intercalate after year two or after year three or after year four but then in Manchester and, and I know it's similar to other places what we say is once you've studied for three years not only can you apply for a for a BSc you could study at master's level and so therefore 
for us, it's becoming increasingly common that, that students will, will intercalate after year three or, or after year four um, because it includes those master's choices. So it's a much wider range of, of degrees, but also um, uh, at that master's level rather than BSc. And I think then, um, Anna, you referred to the, so the, the, the funding. I think people have to keep an eye on the funding and it's not just um, England, it's the four um, countries that all have separate funding arrangements and at our intercalation fairs we have people with um, from the university finance office with with stacks of information sheets for each of the four countries depending on where people have come from so it, it is a little bit complicated and um, mm. we, we in a sense leave it to the experts to advise um, and hopefully you'll get some um, uh, the right answers from student finance england or wherever you go when you do finally mm. ask them but i think um, therefore you asked Nikki about when should people be thinking about it. Well, if they're listening to this podcast, they'll have already been thinking about it in some way. And so that's a great point. You know, start think about it as soon as it comes into your mind. Um, and uh, it's usually um, most people will focus, should we say, some point across the first year, you'll have an inkling of it maybe. Beginning of the second year is obviously the point at which you're, um, uh, you're going to be applying if you're, or, you know, across that first semester of the second year, you're going to be applying for, for a, um, an intercalation after the end of year two um, or it may be in year two that you're beginning to think about it then for, for, for later on um, I, I think then what can help you particularly if you're thinking of doing it a little bit later on use those opportunities of the um, student selected components to, to begin to say well do I like reading a lot of literature and synthesizing the information and writing a report if i re if it really isn't my bag then um then why would i be taking on to do something like that for 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 a whole year or is there a different subject that maybe is um is more practical and therefore um wouldn't require me to work in quite that way so i, I think you want to use the opportunities within the program to 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 learn about what areas of of academic um style of learning you like and what degree might suit that and then also the subject area. I, I think that for our students um, intercalating after year three has become a very popular time because it then means they've got two full years when they return to the program before before graduation. Um, uh, year, year four, lots of students study very successfully um, uh, after year four. What, what we tend to be managing then is not people who are, are um, struggling with their studies when they return into year five, but they may be struggling with a bit of anxiety about how close they are to, um, to finals when they return. But actually, again, people who are intercalating are, are very well motivated, they're very able, they, 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 they pick up their studies very well. We, we really don't see um, uh, academic problems in returning to the program. Mm. And I think, as you say, you know, if you are in a position like me where you would wanting to do something during your like third year, so between your second and third years of the medical of a five year medical course, it does come around quite quickly and, and you might have to make an application. So, for instance, what I had to do. It, I mean, mine was quite simple because the, the course wasn't, it wasn't particularly competitive because as I mentioned, not that many people were that interested in doing history of medicine, um, sadly. So I did have to write like a short statement and obviously you have to go through whatever your university's processes are to allow you to sort of step out of the course. And I was lucky at King's 
you know, as I say, whilst it's not compulsory, really most people do it. As you were saying, Nikki, I would say, you know, 80 to 90% of people who didn't have a previous degree did an intercalated degree. Um, so all of the processes were quite smooth because they're, they're you know, very much set up to, to do that. But there is a, a process that needs to be gone through. Um, and I, I guess it's a, it's similar in some ways to when you start your foundation years, you know, you, you're going to be if you want to go straight into specialty training, you're going to be doing that application in, you know, your first rotation of, of F2. It's actually not that long, especially as you're, when you're like sort of learning to be a doctor, it's a, it's kind of similar situation. I think you do have to be quite, you know, kind of have your, um, have your wits about you and, and making sure you kind of have an idea of what it is you're going to be doing quite early. But I mean, as we always say on this podcast, I think it's it's totally totally okay if you um, haven't made a decision that early. And as we've already explored, there's loads of op- other opportunities to to take that time out, and there's loads of other cool things you could do, like going and working at the BMJ for a year instead of integrating, <laughs> or like me, just do both because I wanted to be a student forever. <laughs> And what about integrating away from your home institution? How common is that? Because I asked um, some people on Twitter about integration, what their main questions were and things. And one of the things that came up a lot is that people, their medical school didn't offer the course that they really wanted to do, but another medical school did, but they weren't sure how to approach going from one med school to another and then coming back again. So I think um, inevitably, if you're going away from your, your home institution, you'll have to do a little bit more work yourself to find out what's available. You know, all, all of the, your, your, your home medical school will be pulling together all of the courses that are available, you know, unless you're like Anna and you're going off or, you know, completely on your own to discover that, that, that new opportunity. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll have some form of intercalation promotion event at the beginning of the academic year. Again, that fits with the timing of the beginning of the year. You find out, you know, towards the end of the first semester, you start applying. So therefore, inevitably, if you're working, if, if you're studying away, the onus will be on you to find out what those opportunities are. I think before you even do that, or if if you think there's a course that you want to do, find out what your own institution's rules are about um, studying away at Manchester. We're we're very flexible. We we broadly say, well, if you can study locally, we'd expect you to study locally. But but if you can make a case that it's not the same as we could offer, or we don't offer quite what you want, and you found it somewhere else, then we'll allow students to do. Then you simply have to work with that that external institution to make sure that um, uh, you're applying in the way that um, they expect you to apply so it's just a little bit more work on your own on your own because you're having to find out what two institutions will allow you to do and require yeah. you to do and we actually had out of the four of us um, the four medics that were on my um, history of medicine course two of us were from King's and two were actually from the University of Leicester um, and I think King's has a lot of exter- external students because we've got a really they've got a really big portfolio of integrated degrees that you can do and um, and yeah I think it was just like a little bit more admin work um but I think people probably also worry about you know kind of assimilating into a a new environment and stuff and to be honest I think you know intercalating anywhere is going to be so different from medicine um if you're going away from your home institution I guess it's it's just a case of thinking about whether you're okay with being further away from you know the networks and connections that you've made during your your medical course already um and also again finances you know if you're if you're based somewhere else and you want to come to London like that is probably quite a big consideration but I think 
you have so much in common with people just based on the fact that you're medics that there's always going to be a little group sort of within the whatever interconnected degree you do um so I know thinking about other people I know who did intercalated degrees like they all had a really good time um and you know there wasn't too much of an issue with sort of coming into a new group of people and things like that because you'd be doing that anyway even if you were doing that at your home institution um so yeah yeah and actually interesting that you mentioned that social element actually Anna because one of the other things that came up on Twitter when I was asking people is that people were always quite concerned about going into the year below or going into the year a different year when everyone else that they're friends with is going to be joining the year below after they intercalate and Mm -hmm. things like that and sort of having all your friends move on or you're left behind or sort of vice versa but I think I mean I've taken this year out as well and it, it seems to me that the further along we get in our careers the less it feels like year above and year below like it was at school and that everyone's at different stages in their life and people sort of step off the treadmill at different points and get back mm. on again and I feel like it it feels less of a big deal than it perhaps would have done if I'd taken a year out in the middle of school or something. Yeah, exactly. Well, I took my year, I'd already intercalated, been very greedy, really. I'd already intercalated and then I took a year out to be at the BMJ between my fourth and, and final years of medical school. And then obviously, you know, COVID happened as well. And all of my, you know, all of my best friends who were in my cohort of medical school got graduated early. So, if it, you know, that that was very much sort of like, gosh, I, have, I really have been left behind here. But it was, again, it was it was sort of, it was totally fine um, when I went back into the cohort below. And obviously things were quite different because a lot of stuff was being delivered virtually and, and everything. And, you know, the experience on the wards was a little bit different than I might have anticipated or had in the past. But if you're someone like me who went straight from school, I was, you know, barely 18 when I went to medical school, you change so much in a year. And I felt so much more prepared to be a doctor after I'd been at the BMJ for a year, which is a really strange thing to say, because I wasn't really doing anything that you would think (laughs) is applicable to, to being a doctor, really. But I think sometimes, you know, just having that time and having that breathing space is, is so important. And yeah, I, I, honestly would say to people like do not worry too much about going up and down a cohort and things because there's always going to be you know one of my best friends from med school is an f2 now and I have only just finished and as you say people people do an f3 or they go away and do a teaching fellow job and you know everyone's not going to be a consultant at the same time because people do different specialty training programs that take different lengths of time so I think it seems really important in the moment but then when you look back on it you're like that wasn't that wasn't really that important. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, Doug, do you have any final bits of advice for anyone who might be considering an intercalation? Or I think we may just, in a sense, be reiterating some of the, the points we made earlier that, that I think it really is a good opportunity. I think, Anna, you, you've talked about different things about at the time they can feel important, but but later on you put things in context. And, and, and I think that intercalation remains a really fantastic opportunity for, for a vast number of students um, that get a lot of fulfillment out of it. And, and so there's the immediate reward, there's the, should we say, the short-term reward, but I think it's the longer term. People will look back and, and think there was a great deal of value in doing my intercalation that I enjoyed, but at the time I didn't recognise quite what it was going to mean for me in terms of the benefits later on. Mm. So go for it is what I'd say. If you've got the chance, go for it. Mm. 
Yeah, and I think the timing of when this episode will come out will be perfect for you to think about it over the summer, do some research and go to your intercalation fair when it's, um, when it's happening at your med school in the autumn. that's all from us on sharp scratch today if you'd like to hear any more from us please subscribe to sharp scratch wherever you get your podcasts and in two weeks time you'll be notified of our next episode while you wait for the next one do check us out on social media we're bmj student on twitter facebook and instagram let us know what you think about the podcast using the hashtag sharp scratch and i'd love to hear your ideas for what you think we should be covering later on in the season it's also really helpful to us if you can leave us a rating and a review on apple pods or wherever you get your podcasts as it helps other med students find the show but until then bye from us Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.